Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of tricyclic antidepressants, or TCAs, found under the psychiatry section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 79-year-old male is brought in by ambulance to the emergency department after he was found by a son to be convulsing and unresponsive on the floor of his home. His son does not know how long the episode has lasted. The patient's past medical history is significant for major depressive disorder, and the patient has been taking amitriptyline for the last 30 years. Medical history is otherwise unremarkable. Based on clinical suspicion of overdose, an EKG is performed showing prolonged QRS complexes. Sodium bicarbonate is therefore given urgently, as this is recognized to be a life-threatening overdose situation. Let's continue with an introduction to tricyclic antidepressants, or TCAs. The specific drugs include tertiary TCAs, such as imipramine, amitriptyline, doxepin, which is most antihistaminic, and clomipramine. Secondary TCAs include nortriptyline, which is best tolerated and used in geriatric populations, disipramine, which is less anticholinergic and least antihistaminic, and proptyline. Other drugs include amoxapine and meprotyline, which are tetracyclics. The specific mechanism is that they block the reuptake of norepinephrine and serotonin. And clinically, they are used to treat major depression, enuresis with imipramine specifically. Remember that imipramine is a second-line agent used generally after desmopressin for the treatment of enuresis. One can also treat OCD with clomipramine specifically, and TCAs may be used to treat fibromyalgia. Their side effects can include anticholinergic effects such as tachycardia and urinary retention. Remember that tertiary TCAs are worse than secondary TCAs. They can also have anti-alpha adrenergic effects, which may result in sedation. Remember that disipramine is the least sedating. And TCAs can also lower the seizure threshold. In terms of the toxicity, make sure to not mix with SSRIs and MAOIs as this can be fatal. Remember the three C's of overdose. This stands for convulsions, coma, and cardiotoxicity, which may take the form of arrhythmias. Remember that QRS prolongation is the best indicator of overdose. There may also be respiratory depression and hyperpyrexia. There may be confusion or hallucinations in the elderly. This is due to the anticholinergic side effects, and one should use nortriptyline, which has less side effects. The treatment for overdose is sodium bicarbonate for its cardiovascular toxicity. It increases the extracellular pH and sodium concentration. This stabilizes the cardiac membrane potentials and leads to increased binding of the TCA to serum proteins. This also improves renal excretion of the TCAs. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to tricyclic antidepressants, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 27-year-old woman presents to the emergency department with altered mental status. Her boyfriend found her at home next to a suicide note and brought her into the emergency department immediately. The patient has a past medical history of bipolar disorder for which she takes lithium, her boyfriend states, as well as a chronic pain for which she sees a pain specialist. Her temperature is 99.3 degrees Fahrenheit, or 37.4 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 102 over 78. Pulse is 127 beats per minute. 
respirations are 19 breaths per minute, and oxygen saturation is 99% on room air. An ECG is performed and demonstrates widened QRS complexes. Which of the following findings is also likely to be present at some point in this patient's course? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Diaphoresis Choice 2. Jaundice Choice 3. Meiosis Choice 4. Urinary retention Or Choice 5. Wheezing The best answer to this question is Choice 4. Urinary retention This patient is presenting after a suicide attempt with an unknown overdose and is confused, tachycardic, and demonstrates QRS widening on ECG, which are highly concerning for a tricyclic antidepressant overdose. TCA overdoses can cause an anticholinergic toxidrome, which often includes urinary retention. The tricyclic antidepressants were once a mainstay in treatment of depression, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, and serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors have now become the first line in management. However, TCAs are still used for depression and neuropathic pain. In overdose, TCAs block sodium channels in the heart and cause apathic mnemonic QRS widening. Sodium bicarbonate should be administered until the QRS duration normalizes. TCAs also have anticholinergic properties. Thus, they can also cause an anticholinergic toxidrome, including delirium, confusion, constipation, decreased bowel sounds, urinary retention, dry, warm, and flushed skin, and fever. Note that although physostigmine is typically the antidote of choice for an anticholinergic toxidrome, there is a theoretical concern that this could cause cardiac arrest if the anticholinergic toxidrome is secondary to a TCA, hence it is avoided. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Diaphoresis, tachycardia, increased bowel sounds, and agitation would be seen in a sympathomimetic toxidrome from drugs like cocaine or amphetamines. Rather, dry, flush skin would be seen in an anticholinergic toxidrome. Choice 2. Jaundice, nausea, vomiting, and abdominal pain would be seen in acetaminophen overdose, which can cause fulminant liver failure. It is also possible that patients may initially be asymptomatic in acetaminophen overdose, and a high level of suspicion must be maintained for this diagnosis, and a serum acetaminophen level should be drawn in any patient suspected of overdose. Choice 3. Meiosis, bradypnea, decreased bowel sounds, and somnolence would be seen in an opioid toxidrome. Rather, dilated and minimally responsive pupils would be seen in an anticholinergic toxidrome. Choice 4. Wheezing, bronchorrhea, urinary incontinence, fecal incontinence, confusion, and drooling would be seen in a cholinergic toxidrome from agents such as organophosphates or nerve gases like sarin. None of these symptoms are seen in this patient. Finally, a bullet summary. A tricyclic antidepressant overdose can cause QRS widening on ECG as well as an anticholinergic toxidrome, which is characterized with dry, flushed skin, constipation, decreased bowel sounds, urinary retention, and altered mental status. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 16-year-old woman is brought to the emergency department by her family for not being responsive. The patient had locked herself in her room for several hours after breaking up with her boyfriend. When her family found her, they were unable to arouse her and immediately took her to the hospital. 
The patient has a past medical history of anorexia nervosa, which is being treated, chronic pain, and depression. She is not currently taking any medications. The patient has a family history of depression in her mother and grandmother. IV fluids are started, and the patient seems to be less somnolent. Her temperature is 101 degrees Fahrenheit, or 38.3 degrees Celsius. Pulse is 112 beats per minute. Blood pressure is 90 over 60. Respirations are 18 breaths per minute, and oxygen saturation is 95% on room air. On physical exam, the patient is somnolent and has dilated pupils and demonstrates clonus. She has dry skin and an ultrasound of her bladder reveals 650 milliliters of urine. The patient is appropriately treated with sodium bicarbonate. Which of the following is the best indicator of the extent of this patient's toxicity? And the answer choices are choice one, anion gap acidosis. Choice two, liver enzyme elevation. Choice three, QRS prolongation. Choice four, QT prolongation. Or choice five, serum drug level. The best answer to this question is choice three, QRS prolongation. This patient is presenting with mental status changes, tachycardia, dilated pupils, clonus, and is appropriately treated with sodium bicarbonate, suggesting a diagnosis of tricyclic antidepressant overdose. The QRS duration is the best indicator of the extent of toxicity. TCA overdose can occur in a depressed or suicidal patient and presents with mental status changes, tachycardia, a wide QRS on ECG, and anticholinergic symptoms such as dilated pupils, dry mouth, and blurry vision. After evaluation, it is important to administer sodium bicarbonate as soon as possible as it is cardioprotective. Other measures that should be taken initially include evaluation for other types of intoxication such as alcohol and acetaminophen, urine toxicology, IV fluids, and starting any other antidotes promptly if one suspects intoxication. The best indicator of the extent of toxicity is the QRS duration with a more prolonged QRS complex being indicative of a more severe intoxication. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice one, anion gap acidosis could be seen late in the toxicity of an aspirin overdose, which would present initially with a respiratory alkalosis followed by an anion gap acidosis. Choice two, liver enzyme elevation could be seen late in the course of acetaminophen overdose, which could present initially in an asymptomatic patient or with nausea, vomiting, and abdominal pain. Choice four, QT prolongation is a side effect of many drugs, and worsening QT prolongation can predispose patients to sorsade de pont, which is treated with magnesium. Choice five, Serum drug level is actually not the best indicator of the extent of toxicity in TCA overdose. Rather, the downstream physiologic effect, as demonstrated by the QRS complex, is more indicative of the extent of toxicity. Finally, a bullet summary. The QRS interval is the best indicator of toxicity in TCA overdose. That's all for this review about tricyclic antidepressants, or TCAs. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. 
If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.